Radio, combined with Harness Racing New South Wales, brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Yes, welcome to On The Pace for this Thursday Christmas Eve edition. And it's a funny time in racing because, of course, we have a very, very rare day off tomorrow with Christmas Day. But it's a busy day on Saturday for Boxing Day across all three codes. Plenty of holiday makers out and about at the races. And looking ahead to Saturday night, there are three meetings on Saturday. Bathurst hold their Shirley Turnbull Memorial Card, which is always really, really well supported. And this year's edition is no different. Dubbo and Leeton also race. So that's how the next few days. Looking, of course, tonight, we do have Penrith in their usual time slot of a Thursday evening. Seven races tonight. 6.17 is the first on the card. Yesterday, we had Tamworth race. And Mick Guerin had a chat to Dean Chapel yesterday morning. And for those who listened into that chat, they would have been pretty happy with themselves when it comes to uh, Dean's efforts yesterday. He managed to rein home a driving treble. So he had a good afternoon and evening at the office there at Tamworth. Speaking of Mick Guerin, he also had a chat to Tim Butt earlier this week about all things Tim Butt racing, but there's been a bit of a development through in the last few days, and I thought we'd best get him back on to chat through that, and he's online with us this morning. Good morning, Tim. Thanks for your time again. Uh, great to talk to you, Brett. It's been a, a funny few days for your team. I guess this has been a decision that's uh, been made uh, probably over the last few weeks and months, I would say, but bittersweet, probably more than funny in terms of your feelings on the fact that you've put the retirement sign up on Myfield Marshall. He's run his last race. Yeah, it's always, uh, you know, you look back in perspective on, his, on a great career, Brad, and you're, you're lucky to have those sort of horses. So, um, you know, a little bit of sorrow when you retire them in the end, but, you, you know, you, you know you've been part of something special and um, he was a great horse, you know. How long has this decision been in the works? Because we haven't seen him for a little while and I know it's been a bit of a battle probably the last few seasons since we saw his brilliance uh, in that Miracle Mile a few years back. How long has this been decision been, I guess, in the works and, and when did the final call be made? Yeah, we've sort of been thinking about it probably in the last six months, you know, and, um, and you know, well, it's always hard decisions to make, but, um, you know, we just we just sort of thought now's the time and... Um, you know, we, we just wanted to announce it ourselves and give him a bit of a, uh, you know, a nice video send-off there on, on Twitter and so forth. So, um, so that was basically it. He's, you know, he's done a terrific job. And, um, you know, for all the problems that he's had, you know, he's, he's had two wind operations. You know, he's had, I think he's had a cracked pelvis. Um, he's fibrillated. And, um, you know, he's, he's still come back and competed at the top level. So, um, you know, I'm sure if he didn't have those wind operations, he, he could have been something really, really special. You've had some champions through your stable over many years. Where does he sit in your mind? Well, I think he's one of the fastest horses I've trained. You know, um, you know, and he, and he was he was in a great era. You know, he, start, he kicked off his Grand Circuit. And there was Hector JJ and Lenny the Shark. They were they were champions, and then you know through that period, along came Lazarus and Soho Tribeca and Jillaby Kung Fu and and those fantastic horses. So you know, I think he, he was in a you know on his day with the right run. He did prove that when he won the Miracle Mile in the, and, and I guess allotted himself as the fastest ever pacer in the Southern Hemisphere with a 146 and 9 mile rate. Talk us through that night. What were your expectations going into the race? Because we probably don't realise at the time how good a field it was until we look back and see 
all of the champion efforts, not only in the race, but what we've seen from that field since. So what were you thinking going into the race and I guess the jubilation afterwards and for that record to still stand? And I would say stand for a little while yet. Oh, it was a terrific um, carnival, that carnival. And um, and I was he's not a, he's not generally a horse I back up, but because of the conditions of the race, you know, you have to go around in the heats the week before. And he, he had a nice trip in the heats and got home really strongly without knocking himself around. So, you know, I was really happy with that side of things. And then, you know, when you have these big races, you, you want everything to go right the last week. And it just everything just fell into place for him. And, um, and then he grew barrier two and, and so forth. And, uh, you know, and the way the race was run, it, it took the speed out of the other horses and um, allowed him to just get over top of them late. And, um, you know, as I said, it was, it, you know, it's a race everybody wants to win. And, um, you know, it's hard just to get in it, let alone win it. So, um, you know, afterwards, you know, I was pretty philosophical about things. I was, I was more pleased with the horse than the owners and, um, than myself, maybe. And, um, you know, after a year or two, you probably reflect on it, of, you know, what such a great effort it was. Other memories around my field marshal's career, no doubt that sits right at the top, but it certainly wasn't his only big race victory. He travelled, he went here, there and everywhere, and I guess that's a testament to not only your training abilities and the team around him, but also the horse himself, because travelling a horse, as much as it sounds quite easy in theory, it's certainly not. Yeah, I think, I think winning the Taylor Mile in Auckland was a real eye-opener for people. You know, not, not many horses won it from the second line, and you know, we had a 26 quarter down the back and still won. And, and Dexter was driving him at the time, Dexter Dunn. So, you know, he was sort of driving my team. And it was it was sort of put us back on the map a little bit. And, and then to travel to um, Perth and take on those good trainers over there, Gary Hall, and we stayed in Greg Bonds and those, those sort of people. It was one of those trips that I really enjoyed. And um, I love the style of racing over there. And you know, for him to win the Fremantle Cup, and, you know, a long distance staying race when he... Um, when he sort of got hammered all the way, you know what I mean? So that was another testament to his, to his, just his ability, really. What kind of horse was he? There was only, you know, a handful of people that got to know him and work with him on a daily basis. But let us know, let our listeners know what sort of horse he was to deal with because generally those good ones, they have something a little bit special about them. Oh, he, def- he definitely had character. And um, a lot of people don't know, he's actually, well, quite peculiar, he's what you call a double rig. So, you know, you generally get a rig that has, um, you know, one of their testicles up and one down, but he, he had both his up, so, um, you know, that, hence why he hasn't got a... So he's still a stallion, and he acted like a stallion. He um, can't serve mares or a semen is no good, so, um, you know, that was, a, that was a real shame. But he, you know, he, had his, he was an athletic horse and um, didn't take a lot of work and, and, and pretty hard to train with, with his wind operation to keep getting um, lung infections through the through the side side effect of his wind operations and um, that had to be managed and um, you know I could get him right for certain races but I couldn't I couldn't keep him right all the time so um, that's why he's probably a little bit inconsistent at times. And his ownership group, uh, Sid and Shona Brown, are, I guess clients of yours, long-term clients and they were along for the ride as well. So it wasn't as if it was uh, Johnny Come Lately's to your stable that managed to get this really good horse. That was also a special part of the experience. Well, it is because these, you know, when you have a success, owners come in your stable, you know, wanting to duplicate that. And then as soon as you don't perform for them, they're on to the next trainer. But these owners have been with me all along. They, they own the, for real, the, the mother of uh, Bill Marshall, and she won the. New South, the Ladyship Mile and the New South Wales Oaks. So, you know, and then to breed a 
to breed a son that can win the Miracle Mile is um, pretty special. And he, you know, he's a great stockman. He raises his horses himself. So, um, you know, he hands them to me when he thinks they're special, and um, we go from there. So, you know, they were terrific people to, to enjoy the success with. I guess that's another chapter in the story, isn't it? The the fact that For Real is his dam. And as much as she was a great race mare, she's also been a superb performer now. And you've had a little bit more to do with a few of her other progeny? Yeah, I have. Yeah. You know, Phil Marsh was by far the best, but we had a, another really exciting horse called Surreal that, that uh, unfortunately went amiss with a, with a dispensary problem. I think he was he was pretty special too. But um, she's been a really, really good broodmare and... Um, you know, she she was interesting. She she could have won the end of Dominion as a four year old mare in Hobart with a bit more luck, and um, she just didn't get the luck on the nine. Was a, was a certainty beat really, and um, you know not many four year old mares can compete at that level. And I was they were horses like Blacks of Fake and Carlo Mick and Slip and Slide. So that was another great end of Dominion. But she, you know, she she could have beaten them if she had a bit more luck. Yeah, she was a very special mare, wasn't she? And, and another key, I guess, person in the Myfield Marshall story, as much as you mentioned, uh, Dexter Dunn did quite a bit of driving for you when he was coming up through the ranks. But your brother Ants combined with him in the majority of his races here uh, in Australia. And, and that's another special part in the fact that you could share those experiences, particularly the Miracle Mile with your brother. Oh, for sure. You know, like Ants, you know, my opinion, you know, I know I might be a little bit biased, but he's, you know, number one, a great driver for me, and um, you know, to have that coolness of the Miracle Mile and sit to a the time to meet a pig, and you know, just just treat it like another race, really, rather than um, you know, getting carried away at the occasion. It's, it's a big thing for a driver, and um, you know, with that experience, and um, you know, you, you need that level of arrogance, and that um, he's still got that determination and that um, you know, that um, commitment to sort of you know, give every horse the best possible chance. So, um, does the form and um. Yeah, it's a big team effort, that's for sure. You've mentioned the fact that obviously a stud career isn't possible and we learnt that was the case probably a few months, well, probably 12 months ago, I think I was chatting to you when you mentioned the fact that uh, the test had been undertaken and that wasn't going to come to fruition. So what lies next for Myfield Marshall? Where does he end up in retirement or what does he do? Yeah, he's out having a nice break at, um, at a nice spelling farm with, um, to look, at, look, at, look after him at the moment. So... Um, We'll just play it by ear. We'd like to sort of try and find a you know a home where he can actually do some standard stuff because he's a beautiful, beautiful looking individual, as you know. And um, you know, you got to have a little bit of a career after that. But um, it's still undecided. He might take it back to New Zealand and um, and look after him there. But um, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll work that out in the next month. Wherever he ends up, I'm sure that he will be living a life of luxury. So the next question is. Where is the next Myfield Marshal? It's hard to find a horse of his ability and what he's done so far, but it's probably harder to find the next one. You did right there, Brett. Uh, I think, um, you, you know, so you enjoy those great horses. And, you know, we, we've had a lot of them. And sometimes you take them for granted a little bit, you know what I mean. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm a bit older in life now and, and we're still determined. To, you just got to, you know, hunt for them or source them or whatever as best you can and um, hope the penny's the penny full in place, you know, so we've got a couple of nice promising horses coming up, um, we've got an exceptional young two-year-old filly that I think is pretty special and um, she, she, she's just rising to it, she trialled yesterday and went a quarter and 26-2, first time off the place, so not, not many can do that, you know, so um, we're looking forward to her, we own her ourselves, so um, 
you know, you, you sometimes have a few lean years, but um, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's another chapter to write in the book here. Yeah, it's uh, only a matter of time before another very nice horse pops up and does a big job for your stable. Speaking of nice horses from your stable, before I let you go, uh, watching from afar, Let It Ride over in North America is doing a phenomenal job. And I guess it's a similar sort of scenario to my field marshal with this horse in, in that he had all the ability in the world and a few issues that I guess, didn't take him to the heights that many expected. But over in North America, with a little more help in their system, he seems to just be thriving. Yeah, I was actually talking to Nasty, Nasty Norman, his trainer, about half an hour ago about him. So, um, yeah, he, he he was one of the fastest and best horses I've ever trained on ability for it. But he just had, you know, problems with bleeding. And um, he's gone up there and raced on Lasix every start. And um, I think Dexter's driven him 10 times. New Zealand, Australia, and America. And he's won ten races on him. So, but he's he's now having a break, and he's going to be um, baked for all the the major races up there. So, um, whether he can com- compete and other things, but um, you know the way the times he's doing, and the and you know the confidence that Nifty's got in the horse. Um, you know, and even the other fellow drivers that are that are talking about, wow, what a horse! You know what I mean? So, um, you know, it's fantastic because he's sound and been well looked after, and um, you know he's still got a career ahead of him up there. Great news indeed, and we'll watch with interest. Thanks for your time this morning, Tim. As always, congratulations on what was a very special career with Myfield Marshall, and we'll wait to see the next champion to walk in the barn. Thanks again. Yeah, thanks, Brett. I'd just like to say to you, too, you're doing a wonderful job uh, in the Carnival of Brisbane. Even though I wasn't there, um, it was terrific coverage, and um, you do a great job. Cheers, Brett. (laughs) Thanks so much, Tim. Merry Christmas to you and the family. Thanks, Brett. Tim Butt there this morning on On The Pace, always incredibly open and forward with his time and uh, always makes time for the media, which is great, so we can bring you the stories of a horse like Myfield Marshall and what a special horse he was as well. And it will be great to see him maybe out and about in maybe the show ring or the like, showing off the standard bread to the outside world. And uh, I'll never forget that Miracle Mile performance. And I don't think anybody will because that time of 146.9 still stands and it doesn't look as though it will be beaten anytime soon. Maybe the Miracle Mile of 2021 with paces in the likening of Lochinvar Art and King of Swing self-assured, maybe they'll get close to that mark, but they haven't been able to yet. So happy retirement to my field marshal, a bittersweet time for the team, but all the same, it was great to see him perform in our backyard for so many big races as well. So that's on the pace for this Thursday morning. As I mentioned, Penrith this evening with seven. And then we've got Bathurst, Dubbo and Leeton on Saturday for Boxing Day. Merry Christmas to all who've tuned in to On The Pace for this year. And we'll chat to you next week. Mick Gearan will also be back on Sunday morning to wrap everything from Bathurst, Dubbo and Leeton on Saturday. Enjoy tomorrow with your family and friends and we'll chat to you next week.